Hello everybody, welcome back to The Awkward, The Weird and The Rad, a podcast hosted by me, Charlotte Adams. And I thought that a really fitting topic for this episode would be mental health and mental illness. The reason for this is that it is actually Mental Health Awareness Week. Mental Health Awareness Week is this week. It's between Monday, May the 8th and Sunday, May the 14th, and it's coordinated by the Mental Health Foundation. And the theme for this year is Surviving or Thriving. This is such a great week and it's such a great way to raise awareness about mental illness all over the world um, and all over the country and raise awareness of the different issues that go hand in hand with mental illness and mental health in general. And so all over the country, um, in the UK and in other places, there are going to be events and talks um, in a bid to connect people within the mental illness and mental well-being communities and encourage sufferers and survivors to open up and share their stories. Um, and so obviously, you know, people are encouraged to host events this week. People are also encouraged to share your activities and your thoughts um, on social media using the hashtag MHAW17, which is the Mental Health Awareness 17. And so, yeah, I just think it's a really great week, a really great cause, especially because, you know, more than four in ten people say they've experienced depression um, and over a quarter of people say they've experienced panic attacks. This is um, according to a recent survey by the Mental Health Foundation. And this also found that nearly two thirds of people have experienced a mental health problem of, t- of some kind, whether this is a lifelong issue or, you know, depression in response to a traumatic event or, I mean, the list goes on really, any of this. But it's interesting how many people in society do struggle with mental illness. It is really, really, really common. And yet, despite it being so common, it's getting more and more talked about but it's still not talked about openly enough so people might say I've had um bouts of depression or I am clinically depressed but they won't go into details and I think this week's a great way for people to be able to open up about their experiences because a lot of people I know have found by sharing their experiences with mental health they've been able to feel more accepted and more understood so it's a really great way to raise awareness so I wanted to talk about a couple of things um I want to talk about mental illness that I've experienced because obviously I can only speak about mental illness I've experienced. I can't speak about other types of mental illness in really as informed a way because I've never dealt with it myself. So whilst I could, you know, explain what depression entails, what, you know, anorexia entails, great, I could do that. But that's not really that helpful for a podcast. Like that, that's something you could find by going on the internet and just typing in depression, anorexia, you know. There are so many mental illnesses and mental health issues that... I could discuss but I can't really talk from personal experience so you know if you want to find out about generic like all the mental illnesses then obviously there's so much information on the internet at the moment and again there'll be something for everybody on the hashtag and um online this week there'll be talks there'll be like an event there'll be events and there'll be opportunities for you to learn about um different illnesses and say your family's dealing with one you want to understand more about it you know there will be resources for you and I'm also going to say that obviously be careful with looking at hashtags because um, it might be triggering to some people to see mental health talked about so openly and you know certain topics might trigger them so just be mindful about what you're searching for and you know be careful about uh, looking at hashtags if you're really struggling and you don't want to trigger yourself I'm not a qualified psychiatrist or psychologist and I don't really see the need for me to talk about illnesses I haven't dealt with myself you know this is all about um my experience this podcast and you know the people I bring on their experiences and I've become increasingly more and more passionate about raising awareness for mental illnesses especially this year you know um, and that is largely due to a deterioration in my own mental health
due to my mental illness. So I wanted to take this opportunity to raise more awareness about it. I just think it's become something that's been so important to me, especially because my family has a history of mental illness. Um, not all of us have dealt with the same mental illnesses, but we all we do have a history of mental illness in our family, which means it hits close to home for me and it's in, and it's something that I really care about and I want to talk about. So I'm going to start by talking about obsessive compulsive disorder, which is the type of anxiety disorder that I um, have. So I've dealt with this mental illness since I was a baby. Um, as long as I can remember, pretty much, I have had this disorder. I actually do not remember a day when I, you know, didn't have this from my childhood. Like it was my earliest memory was when I had um, OC when I was first experiencing intrusive thoughts and distressing feelings and anxiety attacks. So I've had OCD for as long as I can remember. Um, and I've always been on the anxiety spectrum since I was a child, um, because yeah, like I said, OCD is a type of anxiety disorder. So let's talk about OCD. So first of all, I'm going to talk about the different types of anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorder is obviously a form of mental illness, and I fall into that category of mental illness sufferers. I'm in the anxiety category as opposed to some people who have, you know, depression or an eating disorder or, you know, bipolar. There's so many personality disorders. And of course you can have more than one, you know, you can have multiple mental illnesses, which is so unfortunate. So there are six common anxiety disorders, um, and these are the main anxiety disorders prevalent in society, or at least anxiety disorders that have been diagnosed. And this is generalised anxiety disorder, which is when a person feels anxious on most days and they worry about a lot of different things. Um, and this might be for a period of six months or more, or they're just, you know, they're really unable to stop worrying that's generalised. Social phobias are basically phobias of being, you know, humiliated, embarrassed, uh, criticised, judged um, in everyday situations. So social phobia might be so bad that you feel like you can't eat in public, you can't go out in public, you can't assert yourself, make small talk, the list goes on and on, like you just don't feel comfortable and you're just terrified of being in those situations. There's also specific phobias, which is a different bout of anxiety, which obviously is phobias of a certain object or situation or person or place so you can have a specific phobia about really anything <laughs> really affects your daily life and you struggle so that's one as well um then there is post-traumatic stress disorder which or you know ptsd which obviously happens after a person's experienced a traumatic event so after war assault uh you know natural disasters there's like a long list of things or even something more minor but if it's traumatic to you you can um get flashbacks and things like that and avoidance of you know things that trigger your your memories of an event so it's, it's basically a response to trauma and then there's panic disorder, which is just regular panic attacks and really overwhelming, uncontrollable feelings of anxiety. And um, if you're just having recurrent panic attacks all the time for no particular reason and you, you can't really find a reason for it, you just feel like you're having them all the time, then that's probably you've got panic disorder because you're having them regularly. So that's another type of anxiety. And then the final most common type is obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD. So obsessive compulsive disorder, what is it? So this is according to the NHS, which is the National Health Service in the UK. So I'm going to use that diagnosis um, just to overall discuss it before I go into my experiences. And so if you have OCD, it is a common mental health condition in which a person has obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviours. I'm actually going to correct the NHS website and say and or, because you don't have to have both. You don't have to have obsessions and compulsions to have OCD. You can just have obsessions and you can just have compulsions. So if you have OCD, you'll usually experience frequent obsessive thoughts and compulsive behaviours. So an obsession, what is an obsession? An obsession is an unwanted and unpleasant thought, image or urge that, report, that repeatedly enters your mind, causing feelings of anxiety, disgust, unease, distress... And then a compulsion is a repetitive behaviour or mental act that you feel you need to carry out to try and relieve those feelings brought on by your obsessive thought. 
so that's basically OCD. <laughs> and um, in terms of causes, it's literally still really unclear, as it is with most mental illnesses. Like, we don't actually know what can causes OCD. It can be your family history, it can be differences in the brain. So some people with OCD, you know, have, like, really high activity in the brain or low levels of serotonin. So, you know, we don't know. It can also be due to life events, your personality. There's literally so much that can cause it. And, um... What are the treatments? So the treatments for OCD, the main ones used, especially in the UK, is medication. Um, so it's a type of antidepressant called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. Inhibitors, yeah. <laughs> and these are called SSRIs. Um, and these are, yeah, a type of antidepressant and they can help alter the balance of chemicals in your brain to make you feel less stressed and more calm. The other treatment is psychological therapy called cognitive behavioural therapy or CBT which is about putting um, about you facing your fears and obsessions um, without using compulsions or to stop ruminating on them to try and overcome your uh, your obsessive thoughts and then you can also have um, exposure and prevention therapy um, which is more like say you're, you're having obsessive thoughts that you're um, I'm trying to think of a random situation. Yeah, say so you're having um, thoughts that you might jump in front of a train, which is actually common because with OCD, you can often have thoughts, like unwanted thoughts, by the way, I should clarify, that's always unwanted. Um, say you might have thoughts of you jumping in front of a train. Um, exposure and prevention therapy would be you going to a station and standing in front of the train and being like, nope, don't be dumb brain, you know, like I'm not going to do this because people who have OCD get so scared about these thoughts, they're like, oh my god, I must want to do it, like, why is it coming into my head? So therefore, they're so terrified, they'll avoid the situation. And that's why this sort of therapy is really useful, because it kind of makes you, it, it's like your, the OCD is the irrational part of your brain, and then the rational part of your brain um, is, sorry, is the part that should be dominant, but unfortunately, when you have OCD, often, like, the irrational part of your brain becomes dominant. And so this exposure and prevention therapy is so useful in, you know, getting that rational um, part of your brain to get you know kicked back in and so I kind of wanted to talk about this is this is the international OCD foundation and I really wanted to talk about something they put on their website because I think it's really interesting okay so they said here is one way to think about what having OCD is like this is someone who has never had OCD because it's obviously difficult to relate because it's like a lot of people who I know who haven't had OCD whenever I'm talking to them briefly about my experiences with it they're like what the heck like how can't you just shift those thoughts like why would you think about that why can't you stop that and I'm like you don't like it's extremely difficult for somebody with OCD to shift thoughts even if they're really irrational stupid thoughts you know which they are every single time um it's hard for you to not think about that so as the website said, here's one way to think about it. Imagine your mind got stuck on a certain thought or image and then this thought or image got replayed in your mind over and over again, no matter what you did, no matter where you went. You don't want these thoughts. It feels like an avalanche. And then along with the thoughts become really, really intense feelings of anxiety. And so obviously anxiety is your brain's alarm system. When you feel anxious, it feels like you're in danger. Anxiety is an emotion that tells you to respond, react, protect yourself, do something. On the one hand, you might recognise the fear doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem reasonable, yet it still feels very intense and true. Why would your brain lie? Why would you have these feelings if they weren't true? Feelings don't lie, do they? Unfortunately, if you have OCD, they do lie. If you have OCD, the warning system in your brain is not working correctly. Your brain is telling you you are in danger when you are not. And so it's interesting because scientists have compared pictures of the brains of groups of people with OCD with people who have, you know, regular working brains and they can see that some areas of the brain are different than the ones who do not have OCD. And so those tortured with OCD are desperately trying to get away from paralysing anxiety and struggling to. So that it's, you know, like, it is 
easier said than done with the whole snap out of it. Don't get into a habit of obsessing over your thoughts. Like, no, your brain works differently, quite literally, from people who don't have OCD. So um, I've had people in my life before be like, just snap out of it. Just stop thinking that something bad is going to happen to you or something bad is going to happen to me. Just stop thinking about these really awful negative things. I can't, you know, I hate that so much because people who don't have OCD really don't understand that it's not a question of snapping out of it. Our brains work differently. We can't snap out of it. That's compulsive disorder has always been pretty much purely obsessional. I may have had some compulsions. For example, checking was a big one with me throughout childhood. I would just go around the whole house and check that all the lights were, you know, plug all the appliances were unplugged and just like little things like that. Um, because I would get so nervous that if I left like a laptop plugged in or anything plugged in, there'd be a fire and it just would run away with me to the point where I was getting really, really panicked. And that was a more childhood fear. And that's an example of checking. Um, some people get that with the locks on the doors, you know, the car, they, they check obsessionally and they cannot stop checking, even though they know there's nothing, nothing's going to happen. Um, but again, it's, it's irrational. And that was one minor, really, really minor one for me because checking never really caused me that much emotional distress. Whereas my pure OCD and my obsessional thoughts are the things that really devastated me and upset me because yeah, I mean, okay. So trying to explain to somebody who doesn't have OCD, um, obsessions are basically thoughts or impulses occurring over and over again and they feel outside of your control and so basically individuals with OCD do not want to have these thoughts and they always find them disturbing always and so especially because because the thoughts don't always make sense um and they're very time consuming you know so they get in the way of the activities that the person wants to do and so as the international OCD foundation says this is so important for this podcast I think because Unfortunately, obsessing or being obsessed are commonly used terms in everyday language. Their casual use of the word means someone preoccupied with the topic, and obsessed doesn't involve problems in day-to-day living and even has a pleasurable component to it. You can be obsessed with a song you hear on the radio, you can meet your friend for dinner and be obsessed with an outfit that she's wearing. Um, Especially when people go, oh, I'm so OCD and I'm so obsessed with tidying my room. There is a difference between having obsessive personality disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder. Obsessive personality disorder is a disorder in which someone, you know, believes that their way of doing things is great. It is usually related to tidiness and cleanliness and they just um, will absolutely be obsessive with, uh, you know, the way they do things pretty much in summary. And they do not get extreme anxiety from their obsessions. Someone with OCD is not in the same boat. Anyone with OCD is a psychological disorder, not an obsessive personality trait. And so they have unwanted obsessions. They don't want them and they get in the way of their, of their day-to-day functioning because they trigger such extreme anxiety. So for me, my obsessions or intrusive thoughts is a great word for them because that's what they're actually clinically called when you're having um, intrusive thoughts. It's like thoughts are coming in. You don't want them. You want to get rid of them, you know? And so um, they come frequently and they do trigger really extreme anxiety. And this gets in the way of your daily life because you're thinking about really unpleasant things or horrible things. And of course, it's always going to be horrible things because with OCD, your mind is basically um, obsessing on things that are going to upset you because it's a psychological disorder. It you know, Your mind isn't going to upset about fat flowers and daisy fields. You know, these are going to be upsetting things because it's meant to upset you. That's why it causes anxiety. So for example, you might get repeated obsessive thoughts that, someone was going to kill you and someone was out to get you. This isn't my experience at all, but it has been my friend's experiences. Um, They're just absolutely convinced someone was going to kill them, you know, to the point where they won't be able to go to bed, they won't be able to wake up and get out of bed. And it's irrational. But the thing with OCD is that you often know that it's irrational. You know your mind is testing you, but you can't, still can't stop the anxiety and you still can't stop the thoughts. And that's really, really key to remember. Um, I actually love the quote that says, 
it's like you have a rational and an irrational brain and they're always fighting and that is literally one of the most relatable things I've ever read because it's exactly how I felt pretty much my whole life like I've been a very rational well thought out person I always think things through and I'm, I'm pretty rational in my decisions you know but when I'm going through a period of really bad OCD, I know, like, I still have this side of my brain which is like, you're ridiculous, you're not going to do these things, or you're not going to have these things happen to you, because with obsessive thoughts, it's often that something's going to happen to you, or something's going to happen to people around you, or you're going to do something to people around you, or you're going to do something to someone one day in the future, like, you know, it's it's basically all these bad things, and you start ruminating, which is a word for when you're really obsessing over these potential scenarios or situations that are going to upset you, and it just goes out of control, and your rational mind is being like, stop thinking about these horrible things, like, for example, your whole family dying in a car crash because of you, you know, and your brain knows it's irrational, but then your rational part of the brain is winning out, because like I said, it's this battle internally, and you're, it's actually called the doubting disorder, doubting yourself constantly, so you might have like, a fear of like contamination for example that can be an obsession and like no matter how many times you wash your hands there's always that doubt being like you didn't wash them well enough do it again you know it's always going to be like that and so that's that's kind of the whole idea of like feeling like you're um feeling like you're losing your mind almost OCD that's what a really hard thing to explain to others is is that you just feel like you're not in control of your mind anymore and um I actually wanted to talk about this because this is really interesting and I found this the other day and this is about pure OCD really but it's basically talking about the perpetual nature of OCD thoughts and so it says trigger and then it says experience an unwanted intrusive thought suffer variation of intrusive thought in brackets obsession check test and challenge the unwanted thought compulsion and then feel as though losing mind slip into depression and or anxiety and experience a collapse of self-esteem feel as if too crushed to keep on fighting another arrow experience ocd accusation that no longer that you are no longer resisting the intrusive thoughts check for certainty that thoughts are still unwanted and not how you truly feel back to the trigger back to the experiencing another unwanted intrusive thought and it's just a cycle you know and um there's another great diagram which says people what people think ocd is all about cleaning which Oh my god, if anyone who has OCD just cannot deal with when people say that. Um, a cute quirk, not serious, a joke, you know. It, it, people, I still get this, people don't think it's serious. I have OCD, oh ha ha, like, you must be so obsessionally tidy. Oh my goodness, OCD is a very serious mental health um, condition which is very hard to deal with. It's exhausting, it's not funny on any level, it's often invisible. I mean it was for my whole life, people had no idea I was dealing with this until I started speaking out about it. Um, you feel very out of control, it's hard to control, you feel guilt-ridden, um, isolated, it's scary, it can be life-threatening, um, it's not remotely all about being cleaning and being organised, um, you have constant scary thoughts, it's different for everyone who has it, it causes intense panic attacks, fear, it's painful, um, mentally and physically painful, um, because you don't want to get out of bed and you're just, you feel like giving up, it requires long-term treatment, um, and there are terrifying thoughts and images in the brain and you feel like everything you're thinking is true. People with OCD deal with all of this on a daily basis and it's it's incredibly brave people to come out and talk about this because it's so upsetting, you know? I wanted to quickly go into some common obsessions in OCD and this is uh, written on the International OCD Foundation website and these are the common obsessions. So there's contamination, so people might get scared of like germs and disease that they're going to get a disease. Um, household chemicals, dirt, you know, anything like that. Then there's losing control, so this is... Um, for example, fear of stealing things, fear of blurting out obscenities, fear of violent or horrific images in your mind, fear of acting on an impulse to harm someone or yourself. Then there's harm OCD, which is like you feel like you're going to be responsible for something terrible happening to somebody else and 
Um, yeah, that's a common one as well. Then there's obsessionism, compulsion. So, for example, like evenness, um, forgetting important information, fear of losing things, things like that. There's also unwanted sexual thoughts, which is one of the most controversial and uncomfortable forms of OCD for people to talk about, but it's very, very common, so it should be talked about, because obviously anything sexually violent or uncomfortable is going to be something that's going to really traumatise people with OCD, because it's, you know, it's disturbing, they hate it, which is why they're obsessing over it, because they are, like, freaked out and upset. So, for example, it's, like, uh, forbidden sexual thoughts, or, like, um obsessions about like aggressive sexual behavior and you're like you're so traumatized by this you know that obviously you're going to be really upset and not be able to get out of bed because you're like I would never do this why is my mind thinking about it what the heck you know there's also religious obsessions which is like concern about offending God and people who are really religious really struggle with this and there's like concern with getting a physical illness the list literally goes on um you can pretty much think about anything that in society that is like quite disturbing or upsetting and um it's pretty likely that someone with OCD would be affected by that topic and it would cause them to obsess over it and ruminate over it and then they'd be upset. So it's a really complicated disorder. It's very misunderstood, but... And it's also very, very, very difficult because for me to be talking about this, I can completely understand and I also wouldn't judge. Like, if someone told me their worst OCD-related obsession ever, like, the most traumatising thing they'd ever thought in their mind, I wouldn't be disturbed by it because I've probably lived it, you know? And I remember I had a talk with two of my closest friends at university about my OCD because I knew that they'd both dealt with it and I had never told anybody else this in my life. Um, And I talked to them about some of my obsessions throughout my life. Um, And my... I'm not going to go into detail about all of my obsessions because there have been a few, but one of them I will talk about, which was my childhood obsessions, which happened when I was a baby up until I was, like, 10. This was before I had therapy because I have had CBT therapy, uh, cognitive behavioural, when I was about 11. I had this for three years. Um, and I used to be absolutely terrified of anything to do with um, contamination and illness. So I used to think that if I would leave my house, I would get the plague. I used to be just crying every day thinking I would get the plague. I used to think anything to do with mental health or mental disorders was scary. Like I remember I watched a documentary about someone losing their mind. And because, again, like I was struggling with OCD, I just had this fear that I would completely lose control one day and lose my mind. And it sounds really funny or stupid now you know like oh haha when I was five I just thought I was gonna get the plague but no like it literally traumatized me like I couldn't go outside I was just sobbing every day like I remember wishing this is really really deep and honest but I remember as an eight-year-old I just have the worst memories of my mental state from that period because I would literally go to my room every single night before I went to bed and just be consumed with upsetting thoughts like I'd never be able to have just like a break and that's how you feel with OCD you feel like you just can't catch a break and you I just remember just lying in my bed and just being like I want this to stop like I can't do this you know oh my goodness I'm actually getting choked up because this is like heavy stuff but um I remember when I was watching 13 Reasons Why, which I'm sure you guys have watched, and I have many critical things to say about it, but I also think it's got some good messages in there, but anyway, that's for another podcast episode, but the thing that really got me was when Hannah was in the office with the therapist, and when she said, I just want it to stop, and he was like, you want what to stop, and she goes, everything, life, I don't know, and that was when I literally lost it and like broke down in tears, because although I've never been depressed, when I was an eight-year-old, a seven-year-old, I absolutely would lie in my bedroom every single night. And this is so awful to say out loud, but I think I should say out loud because this is something that people are dealing with on a daily basis. And I would lie in my room and just wish everything would stop and like wish my life would stop sometimes even because it wasn't that I didn't want to live. I absolutely did. Like I loved, I really tried to love my life. But when I was 
in such a bad mental state every single day as an eight-year-old child just thinking the most awful thoughts and just crying and nothing would just be easy you know I'd see other kids in my school playing in the playground and try and enjoying themselves and all I would be thinking about was upsetting things and just crying and feeling like a freak and an outcast because why the hell was I thinking these things why couldn't I just enjoy life and not not have to leave history class and make an excuse as to why I couldn't just sit there and watch the videos about the plague and about different um, periods in history of people getting ill like why did I have to make some lame excuse and run to the bathroom crying and then get my mum to collect me like this was all stuff that really got to me and I just felt more and more misunderstood because I didn't understand what was going on with me and it's so sad that I, I would come home and actually wish my life would stop some days as an eight-year-old child because that is a real thing there are kids out there right now with OCD who are lying in bed and thinking they want everything to stop and they want life to stop and that is so not okay and that is something that needs to be dealt with. I remember when I had no idea why I was feeling this way and I remember I would come home to my mum and I'd say, mum, I'm worrying and that was like the word I would use for it. I would tell her I'm worrying, I'm worrying and I would tell her this every single day and she was like, what do you mean worrying, honey? Like, what do you mean? And I was like, there's a feeling in my stomach, I just feel sick all the time and I was a little kid so I was really struggling to voice what I was feeling and finally I went to a professional and they said that I had anxiety disorder and this is what breaks my heart and makes me still upset to this day is that I knew that I had OCD from the age of a baby you know and I didn't and it wasn't anyone's fault apart from the health system in this country that I didn't see a professional and we had to pay privately for this because I did not qualify in the state I was in when I couldn't get out of bed as an eight-year-old child I didn't qualify for NHS mental health services I had to see a private therapist my parents had to pay thousands of pounds thank god to them that they did to get me treatment because I didn't qualify, because the NHS is underfunded and because their mental health services are a joke as it stands. And I don't care about anyone coming to their defence because that is unacceptable. Um, we live in a country where we have free healthcare and they haven't treated me or my sister who struggle with mental illness on the NHS. You've been, we've been cast aside and we've been forced to make our parents pay a lot of money to get us the help we need. And that happens to families every single day in this country. The, men, the, the mentality with mental health is that, you know... I remember in January, this is again personal, but I'm going to share. I came, I was struggling so much with an OCD episode that I could barely get out of bed. I spent two weeks lying in my bed, just sobbing and sobbing over my thoughts and wanting everything to stop and just needing serious help. I, I rang up, I remember this to this day, I rang up the NHS, uh, I think it's the 411 number or something. Um, and I said, I just remember just like being like, because I felt like I had no other option because I'd been to the doctors, I'd been everywhere and they'd done nothing to help me. They hadn't even referred me to a, to a therapist. And so I just called up this number and I just burst into tears and I was like, I need you to do something now. And like, I remember just saying those words and the guy was then finally took me seriously and was like, oh, what do you mean? And I was like, I feel like I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. Like you need to get me some help. And then finally, I managed to get an emergency appointment with my doctor, which took long enough on the NHS. And they put me straight on medication. And I still didn't qualify for to see a therapist on the NHS. I still, to this day, do not qualify to see a therapist on the NHS. That is, uh, that is shocking. And if I'm not qualifying, there are people out there who, like me, who also aren't qualifying. It's not good enough. There's a mentality that, oh, this is for depressors mainly, but oh, once you've attempted suicide, then you can get help. Once you've, um, once we've deemed that your uh, suicidal thoughts are bad enough, then you can get help. 
that's not why we should be treating sufferers. That is just not okay, you know? There are so many people who are dealing with mental illness and there needs to be a reform in these services. Moving on to the next point, I wanted to talk about stigma. There is a huge stigma around mental illness, as we all know. Every single time I would talk about OCD on social media, the first time I ever talked about it was this January. And since then, I would literally get so self-conscious about people judging me and I would think, oh my God, people are going to look at me differently, that I wanted to delete the post. I literally asked my friend to delete a video that we both made about OCD for her channel on YouTube because I felt so upset and uncomfortable that people would be judging me because I revealed too much and I just couldn't. And like that is because of the stigma that surrounds mental illness in society. There's a stigma you might not get jobs, there's a stigma that you're unstable, there's just ridiculous assumptions people make about people with mental illness, which are unacceptable and misguided. Um, I love this quote by Kevin Briel, and he said, that's the stigma, because unfortunately we live in a world where if you break your arm, everyone runs over to sign your cast, but if you tell people you're depressed, everyone runs the other way. That's the stigma. We are so, so accepting of any body part breaking down other than our brains. And that is ignorance. That is pure ignorance. And that ignorance has created a world that doesn't understand depression, that doesn't understand mental health. And that is so true, you know? Anyone out there with mental illness, I validate you, you know? It's like, listen to people. <laughs> I'm like, we've all made mistakes before, but listen to people. I mean, if they're coming to you and saying, I have depression, I have anxiety, I have OCD, take them seriously. And don't tell people not to talk about it just stop I hate this whole oh you're attention seeking like no if you're talking about it on social media you're not doing it for attention you complete idiots you're doing it because you want to raise awareness and help other people just like you weren't helped I hate it more than anything when people who um people say things to me like why would you share that on social media or like why this why that it's for attention screw you like People are doing it because they know what it's like to feel like the most alone person in the whole world and to feel so isolated and to feel like no one understands you. If I hadn't opened up to my two best friends at uni about my OCD, it would have eaten me alive. Like, I couldn't keep it a secret like I did for 18 years of my life, trying to have it all together and pretending that everything was fine when it wasn't. And I told my parents but I, and my sister, but I didn't tell people in my life that I was close to. I kept it bottled up and hidden because I thought people would look at me differently. You are still the same person that you were before people found out about your mental illness, you know? Mental illness is something that a lot of people have. It is so common. If I'm going for a job interview and someone says to me, you shouldn't talk about your OCD online, I will literally turn to them and say, this is something that is such an instrumental part of my life and something that has moulded me into the person I am today and something that I've been through since I was a baby and it's pretty much been something I've had to deal with since I was a baby. This is literally been the the most powerful force in you know shaping who I am as a person now I am not gonna run away from that and hide from that I'm gonna own it I'm gonna reshape it I'm gonna focus it and I'm gonna you know show my mental illness that I can handle it and by talking about that that's also broken the stigma in the meantime I think it's really, really sad that there are still countries that don't recognize mental illness and it just sucks that although we in the west are still a bit ignorant. We are, we are, you know, we are like progressive when it comes to understanding mental illness. There are countries who won't even acknowledge that it's a legitimate condition. And that makes me so upset, you know, for generations, people were locked in cages, they were thrown away. They were just like treated as outcasts because they talked about their mental illness. And it sucks. It's so awful. It's so sad that even had to happen in order for us to make progress. But I'm really glad that we are. 
and especially with something like OCD, it's just, it's just so misunderstood, and it's so, that is why it's so instrumental for things like this podcast to happen, and things like Instagram posts, and posts where people can get involved, you know, like, it's all good having the information out there on the internet, that is amazing, and that is so useful, having proper resources, like the International OCD Foundation, we need to take advantage of the voice that we have in this world, and use it for good, and spreading awareness about mental illness is using it for good. I will never stop talking about this topic because it is something I feel so strongly about and it's just something that makes me so upset that there is still this stigma and this ignorance and I just will not stop until it's broken in my immediate circle at least, you know, I'm not going to be able to change everyone's opinions on mental illness but even little comments like, oh, stop, oh, I'm so OCD or like, oh, I stop obsessing over that it winds me up and it's not good enough when there are people who are it's such a debilitating disorder the world health organization actually did rank obsessive compulsive disorder in the top 10 most debilitating disorders and that is crazy you know that's like you're brave if you have to deal with that you have dealt with it for a long time and it's it's not something to be ashamed of like the same with depression other types of anxiety you know an eating disorder there are so many things that people need to overcome and it is so important to share about it it's also great if you don't want to share, if you really do value this personal journey that's between you and your disorder, keep it to yourself, like don't share it. But if you feel like sharing it can empower you and empower others, hell yeah, share it, you know? Just do what feels right and do what's going to help you because this is your disorder and it's something so personal. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you in our next episode where we discuss the topic of fear. Thank you and goodbye.